590 the fan, Ben and his friend Gunning. So some maybe some money on the board for Kyle Dubas on Saturday. And like Kyle Dubas is wont to do, got himself a regular regular season win. Oh, oh look <laughs> at you, funny guy. Uh, funny guy. Uh I mean a lot from that part of it. I think that just to jump right into it, maybe the most interesting part to me, and I'm not too surprised by this, but the radio silence. Nobody in Pittsburgh talking to him, nobody in Toronto, you know, all the various media entities tried. Yeah. Hockey Night put out the thing. Even Frege, again, uh, just TV star, Elliot Friedman on Hockey Night in Canada. He had to do the, uh, he literally started his report on Kyle Dubas's tenure in Toronto with, Kyle Dubas wouldn't talk to us, so here I am running it down. I'm not surprised, but... For a GM who was, I think he picked his spots, but he was far from shy of appearing and speaking. Before a, games too, right? Like I'm he, a, would, he would I'm, do that quite often. I'm a touch surprised we didn't we didn't hear from him heading into this. Are you? I'm I'm not. It's the right call, I think, just to be clear for his, from his perspective. Yeah. Obviously, I love the red meat of whatever would have come out of it. Because he wouldn't have been able to help himself from saying You think? Some, no, no, because he the problem is is that anything he can say. And I'm not saying this is like the media was out to get him, but it's just, it's so raw still is that anything he could say could be construed yes. in a way. So who does it help? No, no one. No, I, I mean, mean, it helps us obviously, but I get why I guess, you know what? That's part of that is the reason why I think it, it might not be the worst thing in the world for him to take to a microphone because I think I know what he's going to say. And that's not much. Like yeah, he's going to talk about, Hey, my tenure was great in Toronto and I wish those guys well and have some great relationships mm -hmm. and I'm starting a new era here in Pittsburgh. And yeah, I was given a lot of money in long term. Um, especially considering my lack of postseason success in Toronto. Mm -hmm. So that was great. And I'm like, big president, big dog yep. uh, at the end of Sidney Crosby's career. So that I'm happy about that. Mm -hmm. And despite the fact that I told people at a press conference, like explicitly it was the Maple Leafs or nobody else. And then like weeks later, I was somewhere else. Yeah, everything has worked out. Sorry, that party wouldn't say out, out loud. Oh, it's just, I mean, I mean, if we're going to do the sideswipe thing, it's like, yeah, oh, somebody. I, I, okay, uh, we haven't had a Dubas discussion, you and I, and, and I know you're a fervent Kyle Dubas defender. It's not, uh, it's, uh, honestly, I am so ready to move on, but the idea of people being floored that you would have a change of heart about something after being fired from a company, like, oh, I, again, come like, on, I'm not gonna... change of heart, like, th this guy's, Heart was in one place. That was in getting the biggest dollar amount, which I, I don't fault him. I but, like, say, he was buddy, playing the game. I don't. I, and he got outplayed. Sorry, there, buddy. Okay. And it's embarrassing for you. It should be embarrassing for you. Okay. He got outplayed. I'm not going to sit here and, and argue that part. But I still, at the end of the day, don't think, and will you... If we would have known, we'd know now. So I don't think we're ever going to know until Dubis or Shanahan writes their book one day. But I don't. I don't think it was a. I want three. No, you get. I you get two seven. I, mean, I don't think that's what it was. I think Brent it was. And Shannon told us pretty much like everything oh, that happened, oh. unless you think he's a liar. Well, I mean, would it? Oh, so if Kyle Dubas steps to the mic, everything he says is the unvarnished truth, and you have to take it at face value. Like <laughs> I, I think, I think that it was just as much. I'm, was there a monetary aspect of this? Of course there was. If you're negotiating, why wouldn't, you, why wouldn't you go ask him for more money? Yeah. I've, and was it a huge part of it? Sure. I'm willing to bet it was a huge part of it. I don't think it was 90% of the reason or 80 or 70. I think it was a 99.999. I wholeheartedly disagree. I think that was a guy who wanted family, some... Oh, my no, no, okay. And if you want to take... If you want to, family. And if you want to say that was nothing more than a negotiating tactic, yes. I don't necessarily believe you, but that's fine. Yeah. 
but I but to sit here and talk about the fact that the autonomy was never a part of it and that he sure. wanted to okay okay so why do we That's just the point one discount? No, well, no, it's point one. Why? Why only point one? <laughs> because, because you're putting yourself in your shoes, where you're like, I am no. a corporate slave. Just give me the no. most money. I don't care about no. anything else. I mean, the guy should have been ecstatic that the Maple Leafs were extending him at all, considering the lack of again postseason success, considering the cap bind he well, put this Leafs team then, in. Then again, and he was handed it. He was given the extension before it was over, right? And then, okay, and, so then again, if it was, he should have been so thankful, and mm. it it was God coming down. To hand him Pretty this much. opportunity that he had no Pretty right close. to, then what do we feel about the guy who's still in charge, who is ready to hand him that opportunity? Oh, buddy, I, well, I don't disagree don't, about that. Why don't we ever have those conversations? Feels like we had him once, and he's mm. still here, but we have to relitigate the old GM's tenure. Yeah. I realize why now, but we're going to do it again when he comes here. And then Which guess, is soon. And then guess what? And then guess what? One way or another, <laughs> if Crosby gets his cup uh-huh. or he doesn't, uh-huh. we're going to relitigate it again. Mm-hmm. And the plan that's currently in place right now, well, we just got to keep going with the plan. All we've done all year is talk about how at various different times, none of the four free agent signings that were made marquee this mm-hmm. year have fit in. Now, Bertuzzi's looking okay. Two and, of them. Uh, and I know Max Domi's not a perfect player. Two of and... them have turned it around is what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. You got your goal out of Ryan Reeves, which was awesome. <laughs> oh oh, we haven't even mentioned that yet. <laughs> And John Klingberg, the opportunity cost that that is, like whatever, I, he's gone. Good, good move now. They, oh, they oh, rolled yeah. the dice with John Klingberg and made him disappear. Okay, after great. No, fifteen I, games. And you know what? It's so good because there's a free agent out there now that would no. that would take oh, four oh, wait, million no, bucks. No, no, no yeah, there's, there's not. nothing they can do with that money. It makes the trade deadline a little bit easier, right? Like you For don't sure. now have to send out money. Of like John Klingberg could just hit. You know what? He will sit on LTIR for the Toronto Maple Leafs the entire season. I mean, if it costs anything, yeah. I mean, you can trade guys on LTIR and, yep. you know. Maybe. Boy, ask the Yotes. Don't they know it? It's like yeah. what their whole team's made of. Yeah, and the Leafs have taken on LTIR contracts mm-hmm. as well, which has benefited them oh, in ways the, that I don't the, quite understand. Oh, it was but, the greatest uh, trade in Maple Leafs history when they traded David Clarkson for Nathan Horton, who yeah. was never going to play again. And it, <laughs> that was and good times. It was, again, just for people who don't understand this, this was the all-time flexing of Leafs financial might, was David Clarkson... Insurance pays his contract. Nathan Horton, mm-hmm. you pay his contract. They just traded them with the right. jackets. Amazing. Yeah, good stuff. Anyways, that was a long way of saying. Um, I don't know if there was necessarily a bunch of a juice on Saturday in Pittsburgh for mm-hmm. that first game against Kyle Dubas. I do wonder if it's going to be different when Kyle Dubas is in this fair city on December 16th <laughs> could you in ima- the return affair. Could you imagine he no-shows? I mean, got to show up. I would think, but do you do, do media then? Now that you got like one win in, in the, your back pocket, <laughs> do you do media in Toronto? Oh my God! Could you imagine? Well, and the thing was, was his move when he was Leafs GM was, you know, there'd be the trade deadline presser, the end of season presser, but there'd also be the, um, hey, it's five o'clock on a Tuesday. I'm gonna talk. Yeah. Could so, you imagine if just out of nowhere on a game day? Uh, hey guys, I'm just hanging out by the by the Pens dressing room. Come mm. chat. We'll see. I I I would imagine he tries to stay away from live microphones involving the city of Toronto for as long as humanly possible until he has a big old victory lap to take. That would be my guess. I guess. I'm not, I again. Do I want him to speak? Of course. Mm-hmm. You think you think I don't want the 300 years of content that a Kyle Dubas news conference would mm-hmm. give us? Of course I want it. But 
the generally speaking, the pushback he's given everybody was it doesn't do anybody any favors. Not gonna help the Leafs. Not gonna help the Pens. Best to just keep quiet. All right, we're going down to Scotiabank Arena tomorrow night mm-hmm. for Leafs Panthers. We, we got to get down to Scotiabank Arena for that game to see the 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 handshake between Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shanahan in the press box. That's oh, I'm electric. sure they'll do it for us. Yeah, they'll be like, hey, <laughs> the, that guy. Who, no, but you can't avoid like no, sometimes like sometimes people are running into each other. Yeah, but like, staked out. But you also can right like it's we'll a big see. building we'll see okay let's talk to gord stelic on a monday how's it going gordo uh good guys good 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 boy oh boy you talk uh boy the easy ride era in toronto huh <laughs> oh but, yeah uh, kyle dubas ross atkins uh brendan <laughs> shanahan um man oh man wow yeah, knives are always out. Uh, I wish they weren't, Gord, but uh, but generally oh, speaking. No, I'm saying the opposite. <laughs> oh, okay. No, it's been the, this, are you kidding me? We Dude. have more pressure at the radio station on, than these guys have had. Honestly. Well, a body of work. Oh, anyway. I know. No, Kyle Dubas, what what uh, absolutely deserving of whatever contract extension Brendan Shanahan offered to him because, you know, they won a round in, in seven years of, of having the best goal scorer in the National League. Congratulations. No. It is. I, I'm with you 100%, Gord. I mean, to, to, to maybe put a bow on, on the Kyle Dubas conversation going back to Saturday, Leafs-Penguins for the first time uh, since Dubas has departed Toronto, since he landed in Pittsburgh. Did you feel any extra juice there? Do you think the players care at all? I mean, we, we saw some quotes from John Tavares about Dubas being the, the number one reason he signed in Toronto. Does, does any of that stuff trickle down to the players, you think? He didn't sign because he was coming home. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, whatever. They had a good relationship with him, it seems like, and that's great. And then when he left, people thought he was going, people wouldn't sign based on that. It was pretty ridiculous, to tell you the truth. Hey, wish him all the best in Pittsburgh. He garnered a lot of great experience here in Toronto that's going to benefit the Penguins. And so a very different challenge there. And, and you know, and, and in some ways, maybe his challenge is going a bit better at this moment in Pittsburgh than, say, Brad Trelivings is right now in Toronto. Yeah, I mean, it, it It definitely is. And I think part of that is expectations. Part of that is the the reset kind of for, for both teams. And, you know, I don't I don't want to do uh, to sit here and dwell on the Dubas thing too long. But looking looking at that game, the other thing I was thinking about a lot from a non-Leafs perspective is just the kind of ageless wonder that is Sidney Crosby Gord. I mean, you know, we've all been lucky enough to sit here, watch his entire career. And I don't know that anybody thought he was kind of taking a step back or ready to, you know, age gracefully into the twilight of his career. But man, I don't know that I saw this season coming either. It feels like he's just as dominant as he was at kind of peak of his powers. Oh, nine, 10, whatever you want to call that. It is honestly remarkable what he's able to done. Just, uh, just a thought from you on, on what Crosby still is at this age in the league. Yeah, it really is, Brent. You know, good point. I mean, because you look at Alexander Ovechkin, who his Capitals are playing okay, not bad hockey, but he's having a real, real ordinary season for him. Which, you know, as guys get up into the mid and late thirties, is, is to be expected. It's uh, nowadays it's such a young man's game. But you know, Sidney Crosby, you know, guys right now, I mean, he'd be garnering votes for the Hart Trophy. I mean, which is phenomenal, but it just shows about not just his abilities, but his, I mean, that's one thing Kyle Dubas said about, you know, I wanted to hear it from Sid about how important winning was. And I think Sidney Crosby's always, always <laughs> proved that on the ice. And, you know, they're, they're still a team that they're, they don't have a lot. They got, they got basically no youth movement right now. So they're, they're kind of all or nothing. And uh, Sidney Crosby is okay. If, if we're going to be, uh, I'm going to try, try my best to make it all. And so far, uh, you, they had a little bit of a rough start, but so far it's been pretty good of late in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Sidney Crosby's uh, 11 even-strength goals leading the NHL. Uh, that's pretty good. Um, 
Austin Matthews won off the overall lead in goal scoring this season, but he and Mitch Marner have come under some scrutiny the last couple of games and being a minus two against Chicago on Friday and then not getting it done on Saturday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. How do you evaluate the, the first line's performance maybe as, as a whole for the, for the season, but certainly in the last you know half dozen games or so? Yeah, and you know, and again, that's uh, I don't know what it's like in say in Pittsburgh compared to Toronto, but we know in the Canadian base markets the minutia is always. I mean, just look at the Edmonton Oilers about every you know two or three game segment if there's swings in whichever ways. But you know, to be honest, Ben, it's um, I would say I mean the one guy that's had a phenomenal season, of course, has been Nylander, Austin Matthews as well. So I sure really put the two of them together in in that respect. I'd say all in all the. The first line, it's been it's been good in trying to find you know Matthew Nice fitting in. That's a real positive. You hope about finding a partner there. I think it's maybe been a little bit better than ordinary based on their standards. Okay, as a uh, as a trio so far, and certainly yeah, the last two games just shows uh, uh, close games. But you know you look at their kind of ice time; they're well into the twenty minutes, and uh, only uh, the big four, only John Tavares got an assist, and uh, all four were were minuses when you throw Tavares and Nylander in with. Uh, with Matthews and Marner. And that's somewhat going to be a predictable result is that if they're not doing it with all the ice time they take, you're not going to win games. And they just lost two of them. I mean, they got a shootout point. Uh, upside maybe has been there's been a little bit more depth scoring starting to come into the mix. So so that part is good that you don't have to just rely on the, the big guns. But, yeah, the big guns couldn't do it. And, and that's why you're looking at a, a weekend where you just got a, one out of a possible four points Against, uh, I don't think you should expect to beat Pittsburgh necessarily, but in both games, you know, both games you had a lead, and that's where you're looking for your those kind of players to kind of extend it and find a way to put the dagger in, and it just didn't happen this weekend. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on Pittsburgh. There, it's like there's no shame in losing to that team. You would have liked a better result or better effort at certain parts game. of that game. But yeah, there's no shame in in losing to them. But the one thing I hated the most about it, and shocker, it was the goal that cost them the game. But it's that end of period goal. We saw that Gordo so many times last year, and we've we've gotten away a little bit from the this team can't start on time DNA. But it does just feel like some of the problems we're talking about this group, and you know we talk about roster construction and things like that but it's also things like starting games on time or not giving up goals at the end of periods and that hasn't been as big a bugaboo for them this year but it does just feel like there's some of that dna in there that's bit this team in the past a few times and maybe it's not quite as prevalent as it has been in the past but man that goal just it it, it jarred it jarred that, that thinking back into me that there is still a little bit of that i don't know if it's let down at the end of periods or, or not there to jump at the start but it does feel like there are problems that have plagued the plague this Leafs team for the bulk of this era and they're still kind of lurking in there it feels like yeah you know it's funny you know like, like you you mentioned Brent there's there's certain things that okay yeah but not giving up a goal the first minute or the last minute of the period now you really don't want to give one up the other 18 minutes as well not great okay? but but <laughs> that's kind of been one of them because it's understood about the momentum uh, a, a special momentum situation there you've got that You've got about too many, too many, too many men on the ice penalties, yeah, which kind weird. of shows one you're not being alerted to the bench. There's one about in general just kind of taking that dipsy doodling on the blue line and putting play. I'm not Leafs say Leafs are doing that more than other teams. I just mean that's the kind of thing that it can kill bug coaches if you make that extra little move and uh, dipsy doodle at the blue line and force things offside. I mean, obviously, shorthanded goals are things that are momentum killers. And but you're right, you're right about you know that's been one that yeah, just the the sense where. Because you, you generally have your best players out there in those situations. 
and uh, and they've had too many of those. You're right that just all of a sudden you can you can feel the momentum when it's scored in the waning seconds or the waning tenths of seconds of a period. What's your level of confidence in the goaltending? Good level of confidence is good. M- more on Joe Wall. Uh, not not winning a Vesna or anything like that at that particular point. But I mean, there's not a lot of teams that really really you're thinking about it's pretty exclusive exclusive about that right now. But yeah, I, I'm good. I'm good on it. I, I I even think like you know Martin Jones as a number three is um, is about as good a number three as anybody has in the league. And you know it, again, there's there's very few. I mean Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, we're, we're just hoping he can get back to get you know get back playing. But there's very few that have what he's done in the past, the track record of playing all the games and being the, the, the guy in the playoffs. So I, I, as far as goal Teddy by committee goes, uh, I, I'm good on it so far with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I want to go back to, to Marner for a second. And I don't know if you saw it, but Keith had some comments that were pretty, uh, maybe not defensive of him. Maybe that's too strong of a term, but coming to the defense of Marner a bit, highlighting. No, he was defensive. Okay, he he was said, de- we got to stop with the negativity. Okay, you're right. Mitch he did Marner. say that. He was defensive of Mitch Marner. And as much as I know that is going to bristle some people, I do wonder if that's what the player needs. Now, I'm not saying to handle him with kid gloves. I'm not saying to coddle him, but we've heard Nylander in the past go, yeah, I need to get whacked. I need a spanking every once in a while. I need the car- or I need the stick, not the carrot. And I do just wonder, if, as much as you know, we want or maybe we look for Sheldon Keefe to be publicly critical of this team, if just for a guy like Marner, maybe that's not the way to go about it. And again, I'm not saying you can never be critical about him. I'm not saying you can never hold him accountable. But I don't know that the, the, the public taking to task is necessarily the way to go about it to get the best version of that player. Where, where are you at on that? Yeah, there. Are, I mean, particularly your hey, your your star players, your elite players. It's it's a different animal. You can't really, you can't you can pretend you treat all twenty alike, but you you maybe you do, but you don't. And uh, boy, you look at Nylander, and you know you really look at. I'll give I'll throw Sheldon Keith some props here that Nylander's stats blossom when Sheldon Keith takes over from Mike Babcock because he was, you know, he was constantly the the guy that they kind of pin things on. And, and you're right, different personalities are different ways. It's obvious that it seems. You know, given you know Kyle Dubas, Dubas after the Leafs debacle against Columbus in the playoffs, and and one of the things was he went to protect criticism about Mitch Marner, which the the only thing I knew was on social media because the whole team really should have been you know lambasted for that particular series and not you know not being able to come up with their best effort against a team they should have easily beat. I mean, look at where Columbus has been since then, and and so yeah, so it does seem that there's different things. It does seem that uh, you know I, uh, that Mitch Marner maybe takes criticism a little bit harder. So the coach, you know, that's what you do. You want to, you want to, you want to help create as positive an environment as there is for the team. But also I, I just, you know, again, you know, I'm, I, I don't know if this free ride, they sort of like, like, like it's scrutinized all the time. Like we're talking about now, but it's been a relatively, you know, relatively good ride they'd had for a team with only one playoff series win over whatever number of years it's been that, you know, should be a lot better. I mean, this is a team that should be up competing with Boston for first place, not right now tied for the last playoff spot with the Philadelphia Flyers in the Eastern Conference. I mean, that's what they are today. So, uh, so uh, at the end, is is it are they this year's version of the Florida Panthers? That okay, it's not the let's kick ass regular season we thought it was going to be like it was that year when there was just a Canadian division during COVID. Yep. But in the playoffs, it makes a difference. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I, I just thought. You know, regular season, this is a team should go out and we'd be talking about them battling Boston for first place. That still could happen at some point, but right now that's not the case.
Yeah, no, that Panthers team from a season ago is the exact uh, comparable I made earlier on the show. And you know what? That's what the money's for when you talk about criticism. Like, give me 11 million bucks. You can say whatever you want about me. Like, if it's on Twitter, I won't read it. But, like, come on. Like, let's get real here. We need to, to you know, back off the, the negativity towards Mitch Marner. Hasn't been good enough. That's what the money's for. Be better. All right. You're always great, Gord. Making close to 11 million bucks. See ya. Well, I appreciate it. Spread over a lot of years, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Beyond your, your years, oh, on, years on this planet. What but yeah. a line. All right, see you, yeah. God love you, Gordo. See you guys. Talk Gordo. next week, okay? All right, sounds good. Uh, so good. I love Gordo. I, well, that is a, God, he's so, that is such a good line. Spread over a lot of years. Yeah. Uh, again, yeah. Years that you will not be uh, in your earning prime. Um... God, God, that's the type of thinking I love. Like when Gord brings that back up, I'm like, because sometimes you do get in your bubble and you're like, oh, yeah, it is. look at all his 515 points. And, you know, it's okay. At least they're in the playoffs. It's what the money's for, man. Yep. Like I, I, people talk about this this media market being so difficult to, to, to play in. And, boy, I push back on that. Like, again, Kyle Dubas. I, all the things that he accomplished. I can't wait for his head to be on Legends Row here in the in the coming days. Give me a break. I have maintained. I think if if it's hard being a Leaf for Mitch Marner, if that is if that's true, and I I would tell you, I don't think it is hard for him. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it is not without its challenges. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Everybody's job has their perks, has their benefits, has things you hate about it. But I think the reason why, if Marner wears it more than anybody else on this team, it's because he feels it. Mm-hmm. I think he's walking around and some guy in a Leafs hat doesn't go, come on, Mitchie, you got to give us more, bud. But he sees a guy in a Leafs hat and he goes, ah. You guys probably thinking that. Like, yeah, I think well, that's honestly where it comes from. I don't think people are harassing these guys I, in the streets. Honestly. I think that, and again. This is not Philadelphia. No, and I think that Matthews, it's much easier for him because part of it is that, part of it, he's a better player. Like, let's just, let's be honest about that. That's part of it. But also part of it is like, he wasn't steeped in it. He didn't, mm-hmm. from the age of when he was on city TV at three or four, or however yeah. old he was, going, I'm going to play for the Leafs. Yeah. It wasn't a thing wasn't drilled into him that you must be the guy to lead your team to the promised land. And hey, man, like all we want is guys that care that much, okay? Mm-hmm. We just want it to look more like Matthew Kachuk and less like being upset when you shot the puck over the glass in the playoffs. That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah, but that's the, that's the person. That's the like, person. That's, that's well, and that's the change. thing. And this is what we go to when you, and I'm not saying this of like your Florida comparison, but anybody who's going to make it, mm-hmm. just that's all well and good. Tell me which one of those guys is Matthew Kachuk and tell me which two of the other group of guys we got to talk about is Bobrovsky. Yeah, yeah, that's the, the Bobrovsky part is, honestly, that's an easier one for me to see. Like yes. one of these guys getting Close, hot. Oh, Ilya Samsonov was one of the best goal, goaltenders in the Did National Hockey League. Did you almost call him a goaler? Uh, no, like, I didn't. inadvertently? No, I think, that, I think it, I'm going to do that. Almost called him a goalkeeper. Oh, I would have hated that so much more. I don't know. One time, Dan Riccio, uh, current Vancouver star, but used to work here, he referred to the NHL standings as the table, no, and no. I almost ran to the update <laughs> desk to fight. I actually did run to the update yeah. desk, but I didn't assail him. Um, yeah, I could see one of these goalies getting on a run for sure. in the playoffs because that happens. Neither of us are calling for, like, neither of us are saying that will happen. By the it's way, just possible. I guess Tyler Bertuzzi is the, like, Matthew Kachuk. I don't know if, like, you're doing this comparison, maybe. He's a, he is he's far and away the closest they got. 
the other guy is just not here yet. And certainly there's at least one defenseman that's not here yet. And goodness gracious, you'd hope there's two <laughs> that are not here yet that are going to make the difference. Anyways, lots more Leafs coming up. It's just, it's, it is tough to see the, to see the, the path for, not the path for them to be a decent team, not the path for them to get in, but until the hockey they play looks very different, it's hard to envision them doing anything this year of well, consequence. But let, let's see what it looks like when you're uh, scraping and clawing to get into the postseason, being a team that is very underwhelming during the regular season. We haven't seen that yeah. version of this team going into the postseason outside of year one where, yeah. hey, they had their best chance of winning a first-round series yeah. against, I mean, maybe the, their best, I know they lost in six games, mm-hmm. the Capitals, but five of those going overtime with a team that was big-time underdogs, maybe that's the right way for this and, team to go into the playoffs. And it, it, I, I want to go on record to say this as well, is that I think that it might not happen by the Christmas break, but by the end of January, we're having a very different conversation about specifically that, that top line. Like sure. I just refuse to believe they're totally dormant for this time. They're too oh, good. Yeah. They will figure it out. They yep. need to do something to it. They can't just sit there and go, it'll change. I need to work at it, all of that, but I'm I'm my panic level for that particular problem is fairly low. Yep. Uh they just might be five points out of a playoff spot by then. Uh time now for something to chew on. Brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. Hey, did you know the F1 season ended over the weekend? I did, because I, I tuned in to Abu Dhabi. Believe it or not, I caught 30 seconds of that race as well. Yeah, I, I watched the the start. The starts of these races are always so exciting. They're thrilling. Cause... I like it when the English guy there, I know he doesn't say this every time because Baku's only, Baku's only one place, but yeah. he goes, it's lights out at Baku! Yeah, saying it's very good. lights out is, is a good way. <laughs> Not only did you spit on your microphone, you left it on to wipe the spit yep, off. I did. I just wanted people to understand what well, happened. Well, I mean, it could have just been like, oh, that guy do up his zipper. What was that? <laughs> you had to let everyone know what just happened. Sorry. Anyways, F1 season ended <laughs> in Abu Dhabi. Guess what? Max Verstappen won again. What? So there's 22 races in the F1 season. Oh, so he, uh, let me, can I guess? Was it like, did he win? He probably won like half of them. He set the record, winning 19 of the 22 races. Oh. In fact, his Red Bull teammate won two of the remaining three. Oh, great. There was only one Sergio race. Sergio Perez, little Chico action. Yeah, there was only one race in which a, a Red Bull racer did not sit atop the podium this season. And you Do know, you have offhand who won that one? Yeah, it was Carlos Sainz won. Uh, God, where was it? I was looking it up. Wow, if you I, had I, that, I would have been I, I Well, I was looking at it. Yesterday, and I think the re- and Max finished, I think fourth or fifth, and I think it's because he started literally at the back of the field because of penalty or for whatever nice. reason. Yeah, they like should do that. All, they should do that all the time. Honestly, it would be new sport. Fastest car at the back. How many cars can he pass? Electric. So okay, F one is one of the fastest growing sports um, in North America specifically over the last half decade. And big part of that has been the Netflix series. I've, I I feel like that great maybe dying is too strong of a term, but Ve- I don't know. Like Vegas showed me some cracks in the like public interest in all of this, but. Uh. Okay. Well, so this is my point here and it's, 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 listen, you've got people that are invested in the storylines mm-hmm. and maybe the next edition of drive to survive will, will rekindle some, some flames yep. here, but this ain't going to cut it in North American pro sports. I'm, I'm sorry. Like no. I, I like, I'll just speak from my own experience. Mm. I don't care about the race for the second team in points right. going into the final. Ra- I don't 
Like if maybe the, if you were a big McLaren guy or something. I mean, Michael Schumacher, I, Lewis, I was say. Lewis Hamilton being the most dominant racers of their era, mm-hmm. it, and it felt like it was fait accompli every time there was a lights out was part of the reason why I wasn't big into F1. I, mean, I do I do just remember a lot of, like, weekend mornings waking up being like, do I have to watch Michael Schumacher no, win you again? Didn't. Yeah, exactly, right? It was, it was boring. No, but, but it's because we had, like, two channels of sports. But, That's why. But, but those guys weren't even close. No. Again, this is the record. 19 wins over a 22-race season. <laughs> F1's not going to change significantly, right? Like, obviously, there's a huge, huge market for Formula One in mm-hmm. Europe, and it's just like a bonus that they've been able to hit on something yep. in North America, that it's rising here. It's not like the rules are going to change, but I can tell you from a personal perspective, as far as my interest in the sport, mm-hmm. it's been hampered severely. Like, I was ready to to be an F1 fan. I was weekly paying attention to the storylines, watching qualifying, for God's sakes, I can't tell you the last time I even hit record on on one of those early morning weekend races. So I don't know what happened. I don't know if the racing got too uncompetitive or if it was or if this was just like when I played disc golf six times. Like was that because mm. guess what? Lewis Hamilton, like it wasn't like this, Mm-mm. but he won a lot of the races. Mm-hmm. And now the other part of this as well that it got me thinking about was Warriors, Cavs era NBA. Mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, the regular season doesn't matter. The playoffs don't even really matter. These two teams are going to play in the championship, and that we will be excited about. But guess what? At least we got excited about that. Mm-hmm. This is just Max walking to a title every single week, every single year. So I do think the competitive aspect of it, there's something to that. But just from my own personal perspective, I think I lost interest before it became Max Verstappen's fault, personally. Um the gap between Max Verstappen, who won the driver's title like 100 years ago in the season, like middle of the season. I do remember them announcing that he won, and then I thought, oh, okay, season's over. The gap between he and the second driver, which is his Red Bull teammate, Sergio Perez, (laughs) was wider than Sergio Perez's gap between he and the last place finisher in the driver's standings. To put that in perspective, this puts Tiger versus the field to shame. Yeah. Tiger would win like a lot of tournaments, don't get me wrong, Mm. but eight or nine when they played pretty much every week in a year. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't win 19 of 21 or 22, whatever it is. No. Nuts. No. And, hey, maybe things change next season, but I don't know. It doesn't feel like it. Um, I, I know they'd never do it, but wouldn't you kill to just watch him drive the worst car? Yeah. Like you said, it's the most exhilarating parts of the season are when he doesn't have pole position. He oh. has to fight his way up to to – winning. We got to move on. The F1 people have caught on to us. They're blowing up the text line with takes on Ferrari and what's happening here. So it's like we we can engage, but you know, don't don't talk to me like I'm a true F1 guy. Just saying. I do I do have a pretend team though. Uh, Ferrari is my pretend team. I don't even have a pretend because I'm I'm a Leaf fan. So I thought, what is a blue blood that uh, gives you faint hope? Because every every week, why would you do that in another every, sport? Because oh, it's like I don't really care. So it's oh. like I just know the beats of it. I could go like Ah Leclerc, you're killing me, you bum. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. But I, I'll tell you where there's a lot of crossover in fandom: Toronto Maple Leafs fans, Buffalo Bills fans. Oh. Oh, we're going to talk football? Yeah. Oh, football. It's been a rough go. Football, this season. football, for football. Football. All right, that's coming up next. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Good morning. Good morning to you. I'm having a great morning, to be honest with you. Re- really? Yeah, I think so. Oh, because I, I, I'm just, I was going to put that all on me. Because I told, I told you when I came in here this morning that I was going to be a lot. Because I was so excited to talk. Hold on, you're taking credit for me having a good morning? No, no, no. I'm saying that, like, I, I honestly thought I would have been too much and, like, been irksome to you this oh, I morning. Don't know. I didn't notice a difference. Okay. I was super, you're super excited. You're always at 110. Yeah, no, that no, that's not true. There are some days I come in here. I for you compared to me. Oh well, yeah. I mean, whatever though. <laughs> what is it? Okay. I mean, you're a low energy guy. What do you want? Like not on the air, but like when you're sitting in here, you're like, do yeah. You, well, I, do you have oh, to? Oh, sorry. It's five thirty yeah. in the morning. I'm not like, yeah. yeah I'm not yeah, at one hundred and ten. Yeah, get there. I get there eventually. You do six oh one by six oh one exactly. Yeah, more like six oh seven. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I talk so much for the first six minutes of the show. Uh, like, so, Brent, how's it going? And I just go, ah, leave, Salomar Jackson. Oh, you know what that sounds like when you're doing your dad? Is like, what was happening behind Scott Hansen, the NFL Red Zone, <laughs> yesterday, who uh, underwent something that... We used boy, to be this, a proper nation. That cannot happen. This building, notorious mm. for having the fire alarm go off multiple times. In fact, I think the last time it... So, I would just like it on record for our boss who is on vacation not listening, but I did not bring this up. I would just like that on record. Why? Are we not supposed to bring it up? You got very mad at me last time I discussed fire alarms. Okay, well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody got mad at me, so (laughs) I feel like I I have free reign to discuss it. I just just don't want to. Oh, this is not Brent. Brent said stay away from this subject. Yeah. This is Ben Ennis This is Ben Ennis' zone. I don't know. For some reason, this building for, I don't know, as long as we've been doing radio in it. So many fire alarms. There's a lot of fire (laughs) alarms that happen here. Because all the hot takes. Uh, Yeah, and it's, some of them are just actual, like, false alarms and, you know, smoke detector or whatever. And then the last time it happened was actually a scheduled fire alarm during... A, a moment of live radio. Anyways, oh, who was on the air for that? That was you. That was me. See, you brought that up. You brought it up. That's what? now you're participating. Damn. <laughs> this is why I didn't want to bring it up because I'm a complainer at heart. All right. So anyways, here's Scott Hansen yesterday on NFL Red Zone. You can flip over to your local CBS station to see if it's carrying the game in your area. International audience, keep it right here. You will see the conclusion of Buffalo and Philly. Stand by. Stand by. Stand by. They, they should have. They should have that that alarm go off during the witching hour. Honestly, that's that's an all time alarm. Yeah, no, that's that sucks. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's good to see that it happens other places than than just here. It hasn't happened here to be to be. Forthright, it hasn't happened here. Like, the t- instance you're referring yeah. to was the summer. Come on. That was oh, a long time ago. That was ages ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, good for Scott Hansen <laughs> sticking through it <laughs> and then coming back uh, after it was deemed that it was not. I'm fair. actually trying to think of things in the world that, like, should not be derailed because of a fire alarm. Like, obviously, if some... and Yeah, it, surgery. Like, uh, I, I'm sure exactly they exactly have... I was going to go. And I was, I was going to throw in the caveat of, like, if I'm wrong about any of this, don't be chiming in. Just let me live my wrong life. Mm-hmm. I feel like surgery, but, like, number two... Has to be Scott Hansen. Oh, I thought you were going to say us. No, no, God, no. They us. us. They, we could take a beat for yeah. a couple of minutes and everybody would <laughs> be okay. Yeah. Scott Hansen. He gets one day a week to do his thing. It's a national utility. Like, I know it's not. Like, the NFL network mm-hmm. pays it and other people put it on. But 
Like it's it's effectively a public good at this point. It is the most necessary thing. How did we even have football before there was red zone? I don't know. For the idea that he of all people mm-hmm. could be interrupted, he should be able to push no, a button. No, th- there should be get him a fire a report. No, get, there, there should be somebody that digs into exactly what went down. You want, who was it? You fault? want rap like, on it? Oh yeah, I want a. F- 45 page report on what happened the 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 things that will be put in place so that it never happens again well here's the other thing it's tv entertainment product and this goes with the caveat of if he was not actually going to burn in an inferno (laughs) get him out there in like a fire retardant suit or something Uh like and just like go with the bit yeah it's tv be entertaining Mm. sad bill's eagles was entertaining the end result not unfamiliar to Bills fans as they now draw back to 500 to losing in overtime because Jake Elliott is the man, like hitting a 59 New, new Justin Tucker. Yeah, because Justin Tucker ain't Justin no, Tucker I know. anymore, even though system the Ravens kick. won the game. You know game. what? He, we should have listened to him. He kicker. was a system kicker. <laughs> Jake Elliott in the driving rain, the end of regulation, hitting a 59-yarder to hit it, uh, to send it to overtime. I mean, not in that moment because there was 20 seconds left. That John McDermott deemed impossible that anyone could 20 seconds. It's not like I have a big behemoth of a man with a rocket arm or anything. It's not like I personally witnessed the downfall of this franchise in their most open Super Bowl window suffer a 13-second letdown in which Patrick Mahomes orchestrated a field goal drive. It's not like the number one receiver on your team has had his own moment in a playoffs, albeit not for your team, but Stefan Diggs down the sideline. Like that is another yeah. amazing play that you could have referenced in your memory bank. Well, and not it's, to see them it's, punt on that the way not, they did. You should be getting desperate. Yes. Like you, you should, you should be looking at each and every game as like make or break for the rest of the because it is. And more importantly, well, I shouldn't say more importantly, but another log to add on the blame bonfire that we've got going on for McDermott here is if there is arguably, and you and I have gone back and forth on maybe it's maybe it's the Chiefs, maybe it's the if there is arguably any team in the NFL that you should not think ah just extend the game, don't worry, we can play football longer and better than them. To have the gall to think that you're going to go into overtime and outlast the Eagles, who have just, again, found a way through spit and guile and Jalen Hurts being a leader of men. They have found a way somehow to think, you know what our best shot is? You know what our absolute best chance is here? To take it to overtime and literally let a coin flip decide if we're going to get the ball first or not. And Nuts. Josh Allen did his best converting multiple, again, third Josh and longs in was, overtime. We're going to kill him for the pick. And, hey, man, you could go a game without throwing one, okay? Like, I'm That's, not. Whatever. That's part of the Josh Allen thing. It is part of the experience. But he was incredible yesterday. The numbers on third down, converting it with his arm, converting it within his legs when he needed to. Yep. He That was the full Josh Allen experience. Getting it, rid it, of the ball on the blitz yep. that, you know, was if Gabe Davis decides to go a different way, yep. ends the game, and we're having a different conversation, but it's the Bills, so we're not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's hard not to think that way here, but and that is true. And God, they are life and death now to to make oh. the playoffs. It, it is. It's gonna be tough. They don't control the tiebreaker against the Broncos either. We were ahead of them. Uh, by the way, some apologizing needs to be done to Sean Payton. Oh my God, hundred percent. It's it's almost as if it's almost as if 
football, which is arguably the sport where, you know, like I know in baseball it takes longer just because there's so many players to like build up a talent pool. But in a sport where it is so hard to turn things around in football, you think it takes Sean McDermott a couple of minutes to kind of get things in place? Sean Payton. Or sorry, yeah, Sean Payton. For Sean McDermott, he's going to be having this conversation Mm -hmm. when he's somebody's DC at the beginning of next season after the Bills move on from him as head coach. Or working in media with Brandon Staley. Or working in media with Brandon Staley. But... It's very good. But with Peyton, it's like, yeah, oh, what a shock. It took him a few weeks to get, I won't even say buy him, but just everybody to understand what he's doing, to coach them up the way he's capable of. Like, I don't know that anybody in the NFL is going to be doing a bigger victory lap at the end of the season. I mean, obviously one team will when they win the Super Bowl, but people were pouring so much dirt I, on Peyton. I, I was. Yeah. They gave up 70 I know. points I know. to the Dolphins, and it seemed over, and it seemed embarrassing. And since then... They've allowed, I think, 60 points it's total. Nuts. I know, it's nuts. Since the 70-point game against the Dolphins, which felt like the the nadir of Sean Payton's career. And what it, the, I think the, the Broncos gave up at least a first and pro, I think a second rounder as well yes. to the Saints to acquire yep. Payton and then give him all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't exactly work out for the Raiders and John Gruden, but holy cow, like, obvious, obviously, obviously, they're happy about that decision yes very very much a lot happier than giving russell wilson the bag but whatever he's doing a perfectly cromulent job there and away from that it also should be stated and part of the reason why i think you can still be bullish as a bills fan if you just get into the afc playoffs and i know the chiefs looked more chiefy in yesterday against a pretty rough raiders defense But, man, the Ravens barely beat that horrible Chargers team with the worst defense in the NFL. Again, the Jags are having a, you know, pretty good season step forward. But they're neck and neck with a team that didn't expect to be here, was drafting second overall last year. C.J. Stroud is incredible. Got it. But, like, who's the dominant force in the AFC? You got Joe Burrow out for the season. You got Deshaun Watson out for the season. If you get in, it's no more wide-open field than it is in 2023 for the Buffalo Bills. And they, and despite the injuries on defense and despite the mm-hmm. Josh Allen turnovers, if they get there, they could absolutely win the Super Bowl. I don't disagree, but I'm going to tell you who they play and set oh, the over-under of no. wins for the rest of the season. I looked at one this. and a half. I'm yeah. going to set it at one and a half. Chiefs, yeah. Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins. If yeah. I set it at one and a half, are you taking over? I will take the over because they beat the Chiefs last. I mean, that's their Super Bowl coming out of the bye, yep. right? Um, I'm not. I'm. This is not me definitively taking the under. I just think it is like that I'm is where the, the line has to be Buddy, for this. It's not it's, two and a half. Let me tell you. But look at, man, some of the, the losses that they've suffered this season, oh, including brutal. week one in that Aaron Rodgers game with with the incredible. Punt return touchdown for the the Jets in overtime. They lost to the freaking Patriots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and, and guess what? Bit. Guess what? Patriots would give it to give them that win if they could, right? Now. Yeah, the Jets. Belichick lost. wouldn't, but oh boy. Maybe there'll be some finger pointing at, at Roger Goodell at the end of the season. They they lost to the Jags in London when the Jags were sitting there That's already right. acclimatized yeah. for a week. Yeah, it's it's gonna be tooth and nail. Like you can afford maybe one more loss. The the rest of the way you got. Kansas City, like you said, coming out of the break. That that's going to be must watch. All right, uh, man. There's, we barely scratched the surface of our NFL yeah, a lot of conversation. Uh, we'll s- circle back around to it. You got to figure before the end of the show. But time now for the Wake and Rake, presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bet local. Let's start with the Monday Nighter in Chicago uh, as the Bears favored against the Pastronaut. The Vikings. 
plus three on the road as the Bears minus three with Justin Fields looking pretty good recently. Um, the Vikings six and nine against the spread in their past 15 games at home. Is this game in Minnesota? I thought we had it in Chicago tonight. Yeah, it is in uh, in Minnesota. It's oh, in it Minnesota is. tonight. Um, God, at home, the Pastronaut uh, underdogs against the Chicago Bears team that I get it. Justin Fields has played better recently. Give, give me the Pastronaut uh, up against the wall, uh, getting three points. I, I just, I like this one. Justin Fields has never beaten the Vikings. You want a little juice? Or give me the Vikings straight up money line. Plus 125. Forget the points. They're going to beat them. The Vikings, real football team, barely. Bears, not even close to one. Pretty simple. Panthers, Senators on Sportsnet as the Ascends, like so many other teams in the Eastern Conference, battling for their playoff lives. That's the great thing about, you know, parody in the NHL is that there are so many teams that can convince themselves they're in it, and the, the Panthers look... Uh, like they're not taking a step back after making it all the way to the mm-hmm. Stanley Cup final a year ago. They are favorites minus 125. Um, perhaps a looking forward game for the Panthers who have the Leafs in Toronto mm. tomorrow night. Give me the Senators on plus money against the Panthers. I just like the over in that one. You got to pay a bit of juice, minus 133. Half of Florida's games have gone over. A bunch of Ottawa's have more than half. So I, I just like uh, a lot of offense in that game. And uh, yeah, if, it, if it's a track meet, that bodes well for the Leafs tomorrow night. So I'll take that as well. Uh, and the Golden Knights doing their tour of Alberta. They're in Calgary to play the Flames. And this one, a coin flip game at uh, minus 110 for each team. As the Golden Knights have... The Oilers coming up next, but uh, first off, a matchup against the Flames. I mean, come on, give me the champs here in an in an even up game. Give me the the Golden Knights minus one ten. Yeah, I'm with you there. That is the that's the pick I like the most. If I got to go with something else though, uh, give me the under in that game minus one fifteen. I like that there. Uh, Golden Knights typically like to lock it down a little bit. Calgary struggled to score a little, so give me the under, even though it is six there. That was the Wake and Rake presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bet local. All right, when we come back, the Oilers getting themselves off the mat. They've won consecutive games. They've also scored 13 goals mm, over those two games against Washington. Pretty good. And what was an upstart Anaheim Ducks team that is coming crashing back down to earth. Um, Shocked. Also, the Maple Leafs after... Four consecutive victories, including two in Sweden, return home and have lost back-to-back against the Blackhawks and the Penguins. We'll talk to Frank Saravelli, president of hockey content at dailyfaceoff.com. Next, as the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.